Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Healthy Perspectives podcast. Thanks for joining us for today's journey, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. We definitely appreciate your time. Today's message is specifically for women. That doesn't mean that you men out there should check out of this conversation. Uh, Much like I did in my previous podcast, uh, I'm going to talk directly to a specific group today. Um, And today it's going to be women. So let me frame it for you. If you did not listen to my the message for men, it's going to be very similar. I'm going to go a little bit of background so that you understand where this is coming from. Not that I'm right, but where it's coming from. And then I'm going to tell you some observations I have from the therapeutic world, right? I, I want you to know what I see and hear in the therapeutic world um, so that you have an idea uh, of what's being said about women. Obviously, this is a snippet. This is not, this is not research. This is one person's vantage point. But I think if you pay attention, you might learn some things and it might be helpful um, in your life. So let's start with background. So as early as 2002. So funny thing, when I was growing up, I, I had a single mom who, who raised me. Uh, it was my, my mom and my brother. My brother did a lot of the raising of me, but my mom, uh, was, was an integral part of our life. And I, I say that because that was my first exposure to women. She was not necessarily the best example in the world. That being said, there were other women that came into my life. I had my best friend growing up. His mom was, I often refer to her as my surrogate mother. She was my other mother. She, she was a, a woman in the world who um, just set a really great example for me of what a woman could be. And so obviously as I grow up with a brother and a single mom, you know, there's, there's that vantage point that I sort of had from the beginning. I didn't know anything about, I was actually pretty terrified of girls in, you know, my early teen years and, uh, didn't really like, I wanted to date, but I didn't really want to do anything like it, it. They just terrified me. So I'm more or less for the first 25 years of my life, well, 22 or so years of my life, I was primarily around males. Uh, obviously a single mom, but she was often working or busy and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, I was around boys. I was around males. I went to the Marine Corps when I was 17 and it was mostly around males again. And so my exposure really began, um, I'd say the, the first 22 years or so. And then I, when I got married, things started to shift. Then I had a daughter. Then I had another daughter. Um, I did, uh, some time working in a residential program and I got to work primarily with boys at first, but then all of a sudden I was given a group of girls and that opened my eyes a ton. Uh, an all girls group was, it was amazing. At, at first I was nervous about it, of course, but eventually what I learned is the amount of camaraderie and teamwork that women can have is phenomenal. Um, 
So, you know, that was my early exposure. And then I ended up, you know, going into some co-ed programs and stuff, working with kids uh, and teens and families. And so I got to work with a lot of moms, uh, a lot of dads, and a lot of boys and girls. And eventually landed, uh, this is just how it played out, um, for about four and a half years or something like that, I was at an all-girls school. Uh, that wasn't the intent when I got there. Matter of fact, the, the original intent was they were going to open a boys' program to go with their girls' program, and I was going to go and work for the boys' program. But once I got there, some things happened, they changed their minds, and I ended up being in an all-girls program for uh, quite some time. Now, I give you all that background because I, I want you to know where this is coming from. It's, it's obviously, I'm a male, but it's not complete naivete on my part. Um, there's been a lot of exposure over the years for me with women, and I've learned a lot of things from it. So today, uh, I'm going to give you some observations that I get in the office uh, through, through it's, these are more recent observations. So, you know, I'm not necessarily going to go all the way back to the beginning and stuff, but some of them are patterned um, and some of them are not. So hang in there and let's, let's see where this goes. Observations about women from women. All right, I'm not going to create an entire, you know, completely inclusive list, but I do want you to know some of the things I'm hearing. One of the things, it's actually a two-part first, first thing. I often hear one of these two things. I have few women friends and we are super close. Or I typically, if I don't hear that, then typically what I hear is I don't get along with women too well. And then the follow-up to that is, well, they're just not very nice. Those are very, you know, far-end uh, comments. Like there's, there's, there's not a whole lot of in the middle. There's not a lot of uh, a lot of women saying that, eh, you know, I could take it or leave it. They're they're definitely polarized um, in those two categories. What that tells me is that women are very picky. They're very picky. When they see something that they don't like, it's a big time turnoff relationally and they, they just cut them off. Um, and they're not necessarily super gentle with that. Uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because when they do find the right people, they're very close. So, you know, I, I would like to see a little bit more balance in there, uh, but do what you need with that information. Those are the two things that I hear. Next thing is most of my uh, most of my contact with women is on social media. That's what I hear. This is more current, of course. And then they 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 say that's how I keep up with them. Now I'm pointing to that because women, you got to hear this. Please listen to this part. Women have a tendency to want to dig into other people's business much more so than men do. That is one of those things. You're, you're super curious. I love the curiosity, but the digging into other people's business, I mean, what happens when people dig into your business, right? If we flip that coin, all of a sudden it doesn't feel as good. 
So I, I'm saying that because I want, I want you to hear it, it's good to know about people, but digging into all of their business can be invasive and, and, and cause the, the other person, the other women to step back and be like, Whoa, I just don't need that. And the, the word that I, that I often will hear is drama. I just don't need that drama. Okay. Uh, women have become super aggressive and opinionated. I hear that from women. Super aggressive and opinionated. Now that makes sense to me because from a woman to a woman in that interaction, aggressive is opinionated. Um, there's, you know, the, the, the more natural tendency that we see, at least according to the research, so don't, don't bite the, the, the mouth that's serving this information up. All right. Like I don't, don't bite the person who's serving up the information. Okay. According to what the data looks like, and you can go do your research. I say that on this podcast quite a bit because I, I have done mine. And I encourage people to do their own so that they are informed. Don't take my word for it. Go get informed. But the opinionated part. Is super aggressive from woman to woman. So socially, um, women tend to be, not always, but tend to be a little bit more socially passive in their uh, interactions minus social media. And so what I think is happening, and this is just my guess, I don't know this for a fact, do your own research. My guess is that social media has created a space for women to have a playground that they've never had before. And they are testing the waters. What would happen if I was more aggressive, more opinionated? And that is, by the way, how women tend to interact through, you know, they negotiate socially through opinions. Okay. They also are saying uh, that I need to learn to love myself. That is very, very common for me to hear. Uh, it And it's it's always been around since I can remember, but it seems more common today. And I say that, and here's what I think that might, might be going on there. And again, reevaluate yourself. I think women are being told to be self-sufficient and not dependent. I think that's what's happening in our culture these days. And that's fine. I have no issue with that. Independent women, uh, strong women, self-sufficient women, that's fantastic. But it becomes a problem in relationships. If you're independent and self-sufficient and you need for nothing or you project that you need for nothing, then how are you going to have any depth of relationship? You've got to be courageous and brave and vulnerable in order to create the space where relationships can go deep. And they can't do that if you're constantly trying to say, I got this, I got everything, I've got, I'm good, I don't need, I don't need her, I don't need him, I don't need that, I don't. Well, maybe you don't need it. But it's okay to also 
need it. They're also saying, I don't need a man in my life. Hit reverse like 15 seconds and listen again. It's that same concept. And this is an interesting one. I get a lot of this from mothers. I hear women critiquing other mothers on how they do things. And the, the simplest quote is, this is almost always how it comes out. And like, not always, or not identical, but very, very similar. They let their kids fill in the blank. <laughs> it's that assessing other mothers' parenting styles. Now, what I think is going on there is actually a personal assessment. I don't think it's as much a critique of the other mother, although oftentimes it can be too, but it's a, is that really the path that somebody should go or could go? It's really trying to figure out, am I doing it right? Instead of saying, am I being a good mother? They'll critique other people's parenting as a way of getting the feedback. And then they apply that to their own world with their own children. All right. What are men saying about women? Like, this isn't going to feel good. Okay, uh, I, I did this to the men too in my other one. Um, so just hang in there. I'm telling you what I observe. All right, this is not necessarily my personal opinion. I know I'm a man and it's a man's voice. So a man is saying it. And, but please put it in context. All right, I'm trying to help people. I'm not trying to be a pain. And yet feedback is hard to take. All right, so I understand that, but be patient with me here. The men tell me that women are needy and that they nag a lot. They're telling me um, that they are beautiful and amazing. Now you're going, those are two extreme things. That's true. Remember, men are visually stimulated. So women, when you hear uh, beautiful and, and amazing, you know, that's not just about appearance, but sometimes it is that simple. Sometimes it is that simple. Uh, they are telling me that, you know, they're impossible to please and that they're chaotic and unpredictable. Look, that, that is a, a, that could be as much to say about men as it is about women, but let's be real women. I'm talking to you today. You have got to get some words around your emotions, you know, your tone, volume, and cadence in your nonverbal communications are very difficult sometimes for men. And if you don't know that, please go look those things up. Your nonverbal communication, what you do with your body, your body language, your eyebrows and, and your smiles or your fake smiles and like all of those things, they, men do not necessarily know what to do with those. So that's part of the reason I think you're getting that feedback. I do have a, a, a pretty good section of uh, feedback around jealousy and there's, you know, in a relationship, there's just no space for jealousy. If you can't trust him, don't trust him. But there's no need to be jealous. Um, men will say, well, she's not really interested in me. And when I dig a little further into what that means, of course, they say sexually. But then they also say relationally. Like, you know, she's not really interested in what I'm doing at work. She doesn't really care what my schedule looks like unless it interferes with her schedule. To me, that says there's a little bit of that selfishness sort of bleeding out. They tell me um, that she's trying to do it all. 
and comes up short in most areas. Look, it's not about how many you can juggle. Although we want to juggle as many as we can, right? So women, please hear this. Sometimes we got to choose which ones we drop, right? If we can, if you're capable of juggling 10 and keeping them all going, then do that. But if you can only get eight, then do that. And if you can only get two, do that. And I say that because you will serve, you'll serve yourself. You'll be less stressed. Like when we get overwhelmed, we get more stressed. We actually, we go from, we could have done 10, but we put in the 11th and now all of a sudden we only got seven in the air, right? So I, I encourage you, please, please, please look at what you're doing and find ways to cut out. And I'll come back to that again in a little bit. Uh, I, I hear men say they're not adventurous in our relationship. Again, I know women, you're probably tired of hearing this, but that means relationally by getting out doing certain things, right? You know, um, and many women are stuck on their phones and it's, it's men too. I'm not, I'm not naive to that, but I'm speaking to women today and being stuck on your phone. It takes away from your relationship with your, your men. And of course, they always throw in sexually. You know, men, men have, you know, pretty predictably one track minds sometimes. So take that for what it's worth. And then I, this is the other piece that I'm going to leave you with. She's a mom now. So I lost my wife. You don't know how many times I've heard something along those lines. But being a wife is a lifetime commitment. Being a mom is a lifetime commitment. There has to, I'm please hear this with like all the, all the care and love I have in my heart. It's so important. You find a balance between them. It's so important because there are men hurting because you have chosen one over the other routinely day after day after day. And there can be a balance there. I know it's hard, but again, these are observations. What are the kids saying? Kids are saying that women are nosy. Now, obviously, these are generalizations, but stay with me. They're saying they won't leave me alone. And that, that to me, says that women probably should be a little bit more gentle when they get into other people's business. Um, if we come from a place of curiosity, it opens the other person up in a way. But when we come from a place of, I got to know, it's not curiosity. So there's a difference. It's a, it's sort of nuanced, but please hear that difference. I got to know is selfish, but a place of curiosity is I'm interested. Okay. They're saying, uh, they don't understand me. Uh, if you listen to the men's version of this, men get that same feedback. What I, what that's telling me more than anything else is that this new generation is no different than when you and I were children. And the, the kids never really truly believe that the adults understand them. But it also says we've got to close that gap. So when possible, Get curious. Be interested. They're saying they want to be in everything. 
but they just get in the way. Again, I know these are anecdotal, but please hear the message. They're saying things like they're getting in the way. Look, when I when I spoke to the men about this, uh, because it came up for them also, uh, in some ways at least, what I'm telling you is they're saying to us, we want to succeed and fail on our own merits. That's what they're saying. And so finding those places where your, uh, you know, your, your children, not just your own, but other children, if you're working with children, can fail without harming themselves. Let them fail. They need those experiences as part of the growth process. We don't get uncomfortable until we mess something up. If we get it right and we get it right and we get it right and we get it right, we get more and more and more comfortable. We have to have those places in our lives where we get it wrong and we go, whoa, what just happened? So look for those opportunities. Uh, I'm also hearing from children, from kids that they will do anything for me. I love hearing that. And it's so it, it really is so common for me to hear that. These kids do not doubt the love of the women in their world very often. Not the ones that I've encountered, at least. They may doubt a lot of things, but love isn't the thing that they're doubting. So whatever you're doing there, women, keep doing it because that part is working. They say they try to care a lot. Now, that's kind of a funny piece of feedback because... You know, trying to care a lot doesn't mean they're successfully caring a lot. When I tease that out a little bit, when I dig a little bit into that, uh, sometimes what they say is they 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 want to care, but it kind of it goes back to some of that other stuff I was saying about like. But sometimes they get in the way, or sometimes they're being nosy. It's selfish and not for me. So it's a balancing point. Look, there's, there's all kinds of balancing points we have in life. This is one of them for the women out there that are listening. They're saying things like, I want them to be around, but I want them to leave me alone. What, what that says is they want you present, but not a nuisance. So how do we walk that tightrope? Women, to you, I would say, we need to make sure that they're getting the message that we are available and we need to be present, which by the way, women, you should, you should know this much more so than the men that I hear about from children, your presence, you know, their, their ability to access women in this world is not nearly as much of a problem for children as it is for children with men. So we've got to walk that tightrope and say, hey, if you need alone time, set the stage for him. If you need alone time, I just need you to let me know. If you need some space, I need you to let me know. If you're communicating with me, not for my own selfish purposes, but so that I can, which I think is what, what is happening is I can protect. I can make sure I'm there when you need me, Right. We want the children to be able to say, I need you. But if we're always there, 
they don't say that. If you know, they they have to be able to have some space too. It's that I'm in and then I'm out, and then I'm in and then I'm out. I'm not constantly in. They're also telling me I need them, but I don't always need them when they think I do. That is one of those, another, I mean, it's right along those same lines. So women, the message here to me is pretty clear. It's, it's more about stepping back at appropriate times, your ability to get in and make them feel loved. Fantastic. Overall, fantastic. Your ability to make them feel like they can breathe and have space probably needs some attention. So the summary for today is going to be number one. And remember, look, I am very direct uh, and I and I really try hard to be loving and kind and respectful along the way, but I'm also very direct. And sometimes that comes across a little bit harsh. Uh, I don't mean to be harsh. So if you take it that way, um, I understand because I, I've gotten that feedback before and I've, I've worked on softening the way I approach things. I'm doing that because I want you to hear the message more than the messenger, the message more than the messenger. You can't have it all. Women in this world cannot have it all. You may want to have it all. And you can't. If you try, you'll have less than you deserve. Be adventurous. Please be adventurous. And in particular, be adventurous with men. All right. It's very clear. And, and by men, I'm not just talking about adult men. I'm talking about little men, little boys. Be adventurous. They love, love seeing that happen. Be you. Don't ever stop being authentic. You don't have to be somebody else or something else. If you want to make a change, because you like the idea of the change, go ahead and do that. But being authentic, I heard a comedian once, this is a little sidebar, so hang in there with me. I heard a comedian once uh, on the radio when I was driving to work one day and the, the comedian said, he had he had done all of these interpretations of other comedians and kind of made a way by doing that. And one morning, he wakes up and he, you know, he hears somebody interpreting him. And at that moment, he said something along these lines. So uh, it's not a perfect quote, but he said something along like, I realized I had created my own niche being other people, but there was only one me. And then he went on to explain how that was a trajectory for him to go from a good comedian to a great comedian. It was when he accepted that there could only be one him. Even if he was interpreting other people, it was still only one him. And he started being truer and more authentic to who he was. And when other people mimicked him after that, they were mimicking him him. 
not his interpretations of others, but actually mimicking him. And his career took off. Now, not always is that going to turn into the most successful story in the whole wide world, but the message is still good. Being authentic makes you perfectly unique. Because nobody else can be you. So be authentic. What I like to do typically near the end is this. I like to give you some action steps, right? I gave you some, I mean, those are sort of action steps, but they're more philosophical. Here's some action steps. If you're interested in doing some work and figuring this stuff out and and trying to apply the lessons that I'm learning from listening to men, women, and children as they talk about women, here's some steps I think you could probably take. Number one, reevaluate your head, heart, and soul so that you don't get lost in the noise of the different roles that you want to fill. Okay, that was a lot. So I'm going to slow it down. I'm going to say it again. Reevaluate your head, heart, and soul. That's your thinking, your feeling, and your believing. All right, your, where, whatever your moral structures are, your thinking, your feeling, and your believing your beliefs, so that you don't get lost in the noise of the different roles. That also might mean you're going to have to do some role clarification. Look at those. Like you're a mom, you're a daughter, you're a sister, you're uh, you're a friend, you're an aunt, you're a... You're a taxi driver, you're a cook, you're an employee. I mean, you're all of these things in the world and you have to prioritize them. Please prioritize them. I just had a a person that I was working with pretty recently talking to me about roles and they were prioritizing work above their family. Now, You might be listening out there in podcast land going, why would anybody do that? That's a no brainer. But in the day to day, you know, hustle of life, sometimes we accidentally shuffle our priority list. And that's what happened to them. It was, it wasn't on purpose. It just started to happen. It was little bits at a time. The boss was asking for this. The boss was asking for this. Pretty soon there's a bunch of overtime pretty soon. And at first it's like, yeah, my family needs this. My family would want this. My, And then it was pretty much, well, my boss wants this. And I really would like to spend time with my family. But now I've got this pattern established of doing it this way. So it can happen. Take a look at your roles and prioritize them. Figure out who you want to be and be intentional about it, right? That could be do a collage, you know, do a dream collage, you know, do a, a, a bucket list. Do something that says, this is where I want to go. Not just what I want to do, although that's important too, but where I want to go. You know, grab all the old magazines in your home and create a collage for the next 12 months. Just, you know, this week, just sit down and create the next 12 month collage. In the next 12 months, these are the things I want to do. And this is who I want to become more of. 
I want to be more honest. I want to be more uh, authentic to who I am. I want to be more adventurous. I want to be more, I want to be less nosy. Think more and less, more and less. I want to cut these things out of my life. I want to add these things into my life. Which leads me to the fourth and final thing on the to-do list for the women that I'm speaking to right now. Cut more out. Cut more out. Think about the things that need to come out. Look, I know, I know, I've been somebody who does this. It's not just a woman problem. I've been someone who wants more and more and more. I want to do more. I want to be better and more successful. I want to, I want to have the perfect family. I want to have all the things that are in the world. I've been that. And when I cut out, there is so much of a relief. Go through one room in your house and cut out and see what happens. It feels relieving, right? And the same is true when we're cutting out certain roles that don't fit us. All right. That, that might mean, you know, I'm, I am going to, uh, cut out the, uh, the, the, the lawn care people and I'm going to do it myself, which is something that I've done. That's why I'm using that. Not because you have to use that or I am, you know, and by the way, that is one of those places for me that has become a mindfulness place, a place where I go and I refresh. And, you know, so sometimes the cutting out may seem like it's more work and it turns out to be better health. So we're looking to cut out. How do I cut out something that's going to make me healthier? Not an easy process, but that's the fourth thing I would encourage women to take a look at. Uh, and I, and I say that specifically because of those comments about they're, you know, they're, um, they won't leave me alone. They're nosy, stuff like that. I mean, cutting out is, is usually, and those, those kinds of comments are an indicator of like, I got to take a step back, not a step forward. All right. Hey, thank you so much. If you made it this far, you're amazing. Uh, because it's probably hard to listen to, you know, me talk about these things and, yeah, you know, I'm just really proud of you. Go out, do these things if if you're inclined to do them. You know, this is this podcast is about action. It is not just about words. So put it into action, and then let me know. Like, I I want to know. Hey, did it work? Like, oh, I can't believe that. Like, that was amazing. Or, hey, that one didn't work so well. You know, can we go back and readdress this issue? Like, I want to know that because if I can help, I want to help. I create perspective, but you create decisions. You create actions. I don't get to do that for you. So take this information and go do good. Thanks for joining us and have a good one.